Hi, and welcome to Every Day with Mary. Enjoy the journey, enjoy every day. I'm Mary, and I'm so excited that you could join me. This is the first episode, so I want to dive right in and tell you about myself, um, what has led me here, and what I'm all about. So I've lived with anxiety for as long as I could remember. For years, I didn't even really realize that's what it was. For a long time, I just knew I was introverted and shy and maybe just a little weird because I didn't think anyone else felt like I did or had the thoughts that I did. But I never labeled myself um, as having anxiety or having an anxiety disorder. So I never really told people how I felt. Not my mom, even, because honestly, it didn't occur to me. I did, Like I said, I didn't know I had something. I had a brother with social anxiety and depression, and he and my dad were actually both on meds for depression. So I just thought, well, if I needed to be treated, if I had something, someone would have told me. So eventually later, I realized, you know, I had anxiety, but I still even then never told my doctor because I didn't want to be put on medication. And it's not that I... um think medication's wrong or have a problem with anyone that's on it. But um, what's funny is a big part of why I didn't want to be on it is because I was anxious to be on it. So go figure that's what it's like with living with anxiety. So I actually self-medicated myself with Benadryl, especially through college, um, to sleep. I always had a hard time falling asleep because I could never quiet my thoughts. I was always overthinking, worrying about everything, and I hated that feeling. And you know that it's pointless because for me... I actually was good at school, like I'm a book smart kind of person. So it wasn't that I even struggled with school or anything like that. So you would think, okay, so then, you know, what were you worried about? But it it didn't matter. Those kind of thoughts are irrational. Um, And I'm sure a lot of you listening, um, you know, have anxiety or have this overthinking. So you know what I'm talking about. So for me, though, I hated that feeling of not being able to sleep, not being able to quiet my thoughts. So even though I ended up like a zombie anyways, taking medicine, I honestly still preferred it to the thought, just even the thought of not being able to sleep because I would be awake with my thoughts. So yeah, if you can't tell, I'm one of those people who stresses about stress before there's even anything to stress about because that's just how I roll until I learned how to deal with it. Um, And it's part of the reason that I always have, like I've always told people mornings stress me out, like I'm just not a morning person. Um, It's part of the reason that I've been or I've worked Um, on night shift as a nurse for years. Now, thankfully, there's other things that I love about night shift. So that's why I've stayed on night shift. But just goes to show you how things like, you know, stress, anxiety, overthinking um, can really dictate your life. So I'm glad that I have, you know, now learned strategies to cope, but definitely, definitely was not um, always that way. So in my 20s, I started to realize, hey, like you have anxiety, like, you know, I would maybe see things on TV or, you know, whatever. And I was like, "Um, hey, that's you. (laughs) And I, you know, started to obviously realize how prone I was to worry, how prone I was to overthinking, overanalyzing. And so it was, you know, during that time, um, towards the end of college um, and once I started working, Um, full time, that I came into contact with more people who I realized felt this way too, and I could talk about it a little more. 
But I still didn't tell my mom or my doctor same reasons. I didn't want to look crazy and I still didn't want to take medication. Again, even though I think that's everyone's choice. But so one thing, another thing I was worried about with taking medicine is I thought, oh, well, what happens, you know, when I eventually get pregnant and now I'll have to worry about going off it and then going back on. And so just another example of how it can really dictate your life and make things extra difficult so pardon me just a moment so even though I was talking about things a little more I really wasn't coping or managing Um, all I really had was my experience of my family members being on medicine you know I didn't really know how else if anything you know they were coping with it or managing it um in any other ways. So eventually, and to be honest with you, I don't remember how I learned this method, but what I call it is taking control of the moment. So many mornings I would wake up and just feel dread and doom and gloom. And so often there was no real reason, which was extra frustrating because there was nothing really to fix. So I used to get it a lot when I was still in school and I would literally have to tell myself like, it's okay, you're not in trouble. And, you know, I'm glad now that, you know, I can kind of laugh about it and I'm like, gosh, it was so silly. But, you know, when you're in that moment, it does not feel silly. It just feels like you're drowning and it's overwhelming and you don't know what to do. So when I learned this method, if I woke up like this or if this feeling snuck up me, stuck up during me during the day I would tell myself like hey just stop right there for a minute take a couple deep breaths I'm such a huge believer in taking deep breaths because um you know and I'm not going to get all scientific on you but it's definitely proven to actively calm you down and for me I'm definitely also a huge believer that If nothing else, I need to get my anxiety and worry down to a level where I can be rational. And if there is a problem or even if there isn't, I can think my way through it um, and be solution focused and not just be problem focused. Like, oh, my God, this is what, you know, is going on. Oh, my God, I'm in trouble. Oh, my God, this is going to happen. Everything's going to go crazy. Everything's wrong. Everything's going wrong. Um, So back to this method. So like I said, I would just take a minute. Stop right there. Take a couple deep breaths. And if there really wasn't an active problem, if there wasn't something to fix, um, I would just calmly say to myself, you know, kind of like before, like, you're okay. You know, there's no one after you. You're not in trouble. Take a few more deep breaths. And that would usually do it for me. And it's also, it's kind of like a muscle that, you know, the first couple times you do it, it might not work or, you know, maybe it'll only work a little bit. But definitely the more you do it, um, it gets more and more effective because you start to realize, oh, hey, you know, that worked the last time or it at least helped me a little the last time. Like it, it'll help me now. And if there was a problem, if there truly was something I was stressed about, then I would just, again, take a couple deep breaths And kind of tell myself, okay, well, is there something I can do about this problem now? Like, is there someone I can talk to? Or, you know, is there some some way I can look into this more? 
Um, you know, so is there anything I could do? And if there wasn't, I kind of went back to step one as far as saying, you know, there's not anything you can do right now. So this feeling of um, overwhelmment, being irrational, isn't, isn't going to help the problem. It's not going to help me solve the problem. It's not going to fix anything. So take a few deep breaths and you're okay. And honestly, that has really, really worked for me. And at this point, like, I can't even tell you, like, the last time I've, I've had those feelings, like, to that extreme of really feeling, like, true dread and doom. And those are feelings I certainly do not miss. <laughs> and I know that method, you know, on the surface may, may seem silly or seem oversimple, but it works. It really, I mean, sometimes the simple things are the things that are, are what's effective. And it's not so much that something needs to have a lot of steps or be complicated, but it's like I said, as far as working out a muscle, it's just that you need to do it more, um, and get more practice with it. So it's not that if you try something once, oh, that didn't work. Like, don't, don't throw it away. Like try something a few times, um, to really gauge if it's something that's going to work for you or not. Cause like I said, I know for me, as long as I could keep my stress and really worry from spiraling, I could, I can usually stay rational and solution focused and figure out how to deal with, um, whatever problem is going on or whatever emotion is going on. So also in the last year, last couple years, I've realized that I am an empath and I'm a highly sensitive person. So if you've not heard of those before, I'm not going to go super deep into them, but an empath is someone um, who basically absorbs what's going on around them, especially as that pertains to um, like the energy of others, the emotions of others. And a highly sensitive person is basically what it sounds like. Um, but so from my personal experience, for me, I have always taken things and this is like to an extreme, like way too personal and I could just never let things go I could never really handle criticism um and logically I could you know like take criticism for example you know if if someone was telling me something and it truly was constructive like even then I still couldn't really handle it um and again like logically I knew oh okay well this person tell me to, told me to work on this because of XYZ. And even then I just couldn't handle it. I also for years and years and years cried super, super easy. And it's not that there's anything wrong with crying. There's not even anything wrong with crying a lot, but I just knew that, okay, like I, I shouldn't, I should have a little more, um, control for lack of a better word. And, you know, it was a similar thing that I knew logically certain things really shouldn't set me off and make me cry. But I, I just didn't know how to cope with it. So these are not bad qualities, but can be very difficult to live with when you haven't learned how to manage them in a healthy way. It's kind of like saying the first step is admitting you have a problem, which again, these qualities aren't the problem, but finding them, finding out that I had them was a huge step in the direction of being um, happier, being more peaceful, and really living my best life. So in the coming episodes, we'll talk more about how to cope with anxiety and overthinking or how to um, manage being highly sensitive or being an over or excuse me, an empath, um, especially as how it affects your daily life with work, with family, with any of your relationships. 
Um, another huge thing that I've become a believer in is meditation over the last year, even though before that I thought it was super, super corny. You wouldn't catch me, um, you know, doing anything like that. But I think Gabby Bernstein says it best. Um, and this isn't an exact quote, but she says something to the effect of, you know, if you don't have time to meditate, do you have time to feel like shit? And now I really realize that, that I think if you don't have time or you don't have interest in meditating um, or other methods that, like she said, you're basically then making time to feel like shit. You're prioritizing feeling like shit because when you don't make self-care um, and these other coping strategies a priority, that's what you're left with, feeling like shit, feeling overwhelmed, feeling anxious, um, and all that. And I don't have time for that. I'm not available for that anymore. So I'll leave you with that till next time. So remember to enjoy the journey. Enjoy every day. I hope you'll take time today to enjoy what's around you, such as the scenery on your way to work, having a good meal, and just anything else that lights you up. Talk more next time.